1: the Vox Media
0: Podcast Network.
1: All right, everybody, it's Tuesday, December 12th. 2023 and it is indeed a heck of a morning we are live on the mma Fighting twitter space as so you can hear the show in its entirety shortly thereafter on the mma fighting podcasting network what's going on everybody i am mike Heck in a tremendous mood why because it is finally here it is finally jake paul andre august fight week i'm just playing i will be there but Clearly, it's all about UFC 296 everybody. It is all about UFC 296. This is what we're excited about. This Saturday, T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. We've been waiting for this card seems like forever. It's the final UFC fight card of the year and it is a doozy everybody. We've got Leon Edwards versus Colby Covington for the welterweight title, Alexandra Pantoja versus Brandon Royval for the flyweight title, Shafqat Rachmanov versus Steven Thompson. Tony Ferguson versus Patty Pimblett. Still kind of mad at AK, but I'm feeling a little bit better about that one. Vicente Luque versus Ian Machado-Gary. Interesting fight there. Josh Emmett, Bryce Mitchell. This card is ridiculous. Irini Aldana versus Carol Hosa, Cody Garbrandt versus Brian Kelleher. Big fight at 135. Brian Kelleher, what a comeback. This would be if he could go in and beat the former champion. Casey O'Neal, Ariane Lipsky. Alonzo Metafield, Dustin Jacoby gear Ulambeka versus Cody Durda. This, these fights are all ridiculous. Andre Feely versus Lucas Almeida. Shamil Gadzia versus Martin Budai. And the first fight of this card, this is how stacked this lineup is. The first fight of UFC 296, the curtain jerker, if you will, is Randy Brown versus Muslim Salikov. Top 20, 25-ish welterweights. That's the first fight. That's the first fight. It's not debutants. It's not contender series, vets who just got contracts, no. Two longtime veterans, two top 25-ish at worst welterweights are going to kick off the card. It's a ridiculous card. It's ridiculous. And if you want to get even more fired up when this show is over, on the YouTube channel, on the podcast network, my conversation with John Annick previewing this card and all the storylines attached to it, it's it got me fired up and it will probably get you fired up as well. All right, let's get to you all. If you have questions, you have thoughts, you have takes, line on up and we'll bring you all in. So we will begin with Moran. Moran, go ahead. Oh. Hello, Mike. Yes, I got you, how are you? I'm good, thank you, okay. Yes. My question is regarding Colby.
2: What do you think if he loses? Does he retire or stays? And does you see one Colby to win this? Do you think is he like the star? I think he think is. So what do you think? Thank you. Thanks,
1: buddy. If he loses, I'm not real. I don't know. We talked about this last week. It would be devastating. I think he becomes – and I have to look this up for sure, but I, I could – it might be accurate. Um, if not, he's in like a very low list, like a very small list of fighters. Uh, he will be the first – I think he's the first fighter, in at least in the modern era, uh, who has is, who is fought for an undisputed title three times and lost all three times. So there's a lot at stake here for Colby. Uh, Anik and I talked about this as well. Like, what does Colby's legacy look like right now? Like, I know we look at the short term and we say, well, he hasn't fought this dude. He hasn't fought any rank guys in forever. RDA's his last, like, quote unquote, meaningful win. All that. Like, I get it. Those who are down on him getting the shot, who don't want to justify that this is what the UFC is like now, uh, just get the bigger names in there. I get it. I totally understand it. But is he a Hall of Famer? Like, is if Col- is Colby a UFC Hall of Famer right now? I don't know. If he wins the belts, he probably is now, right? So, I don't know. There's a lot legacy-wise on the line for Colby. I don't... Th- it's, it's close. It's close. We've seen fighters get into the Hall of Fame for different reasons. Dana White's, like, Dana White's favorite fight in like the last five years is uh, Usman Colby one. So could Colby find his way in the hall of fame for that fight? I think it's possible since there is no like hall of fame board. It's basically like Dana and crew just kind of make the decision. So if Dana wants that fight in the hall of fame, they'll just put it in, but a win would probably get him over the line. So, I mean, it's super interesting. The aftermath of this fight. Because if Leon wins, what does this all mean? Is it definitely Bilal? Is he going to call for the middleweight fight that he's probably not going to get? I don't know. What if Shafkot just steamrolls Wonderboy? Does he jump the line? I don't know. What if Wonderboy beats Shafkot? Does he jump the line? He's about to turn 41. He may only get one last shot at this. If I'm Bilal Muhammad, I'd be absolutely rip shit if that's what happens. If either guy does. But Shafkot running Wonder Boy, he's got to get a lot of buzz. Probably a lot more buzz than Bilal got after beating Gilbert Burns, if we're being honest. It's going to be super interesting if Leon wins. And if Colby wins, then it's, boy, it's it's all bets are off here. All bets are off. Like, literally everybody is in play if Colby wins the belt. And where does this leave Leon? Will he ever fight for the belt again? So you have interesting questions either way. Where does Leon go if he loses? Took him so long to get to a title shot. He got there. He's had one defense. He probably won't won't merit an immediate rematch. I don't know what's more interesting. I don't know what the more interesting question is. Where does Colby go with the loss or where does Leon go with the loss? We'll see. That's what makes this fight just so freaking fascinating. In so many ways. Uh, Tristan, go ahead. Tristan, are you there? Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Oh,
3: okay. Good, good, good. Um... I, my question is uh, towards Casey O'Neill. Now, with Casey O'Neill, um, when she was coming up, we looked at the kind of the four. So that four would be Erin Blanchfield, Tracy Cortez, and Macy Barber, and her. And I remember a friend of mine. We were talking about it, and this is when it. I was like, Oh, Casey O'Neill, this girl's going to be the one. She's going to be there in a couple of years where she's fighting for the title. But then he he um. When Aaron Blanchfield started coming in, I was like, he was telling me like, yo no, I man, I think I think Aaron Blanchfield's better. I was like, Are you serious? Because the way how Casey O'Neill looked, she looked incredible. I was like, oh my god. But she, he was telling me, I'm telling you, Aaron Blanchfield is better. is is gonna be the one that's gonna shoot to the top. And I'm like, all right. I watched Aaron Blanchfield. I'm like, oh yeah, he's right. He's right. I'm like, I oh, was he's right about this. So then we saw obviously, and then. Casey Barbara, it took her some time because of the injuries and stuff like that. Now she's starting to get up. Uh, Tracy Cortez, we're not even talking about, and she's putting on together good run. So it looks like out of the four, Casey O'Neill, Casey O'Neill at the time is just, you know, uh, had that setback. I mean, she was coming up, and then she just changed her style where she was dominating, and then she just decided, well, I'm not going to be grappling anymore. I'm just going to stand toe-to-toe, where her striking's not that great, but it has to get better. I mean, this is a pivotal, like, she, she needs to dominate this fight against Lipsky. There's no if, ands about and, it. I need a finish from this girl to see where she is, or she's going to get lagged behind out of those top four in the, future, in the future, in the coming years, if she wants to be the one to be fighting for title shots. Mike, just uh just your thoughts on that. Out of the four of those top prospects that we that we're seeing here, where are we at with Casey O'Neill from this standpoint? Thanks, Mike.
1: Uh thank you, sir. Lots to unpack there. Uh Casey, o- look. Casey O'Neill has a lot of potential. She's 26 years old. She kind of got a too big of a bump up, if we're being honest, going from Roxanne to Jennifer Maya. It's it's tough. Like, that's a big jump. But I understand why the UFC did it. Let's see what, what what we got with her, and she came up short. She tried to have a kickboxing match, essentially with Jennifer Maya, and that didn't really work out. What Casey O'Neill does so well is she just, she just chips away at you, chips away at you with, with just pressure, and she doesn't let you breathe when she's really on. And didn't really see that from her in the Jennifer Maya fight. What we saw from her was I'm gonna outstrike her, and that didn't really work out for her. So we will see where she goes on Saturday. I like this matchup with Ariane Lipsky. And big spot for her. See if she could bounce back and and keep it rolling here. Uh, She probably needs this one, considering where this division is at right now. Obviously, Aaron Blanchfield's a monster. And Tracy Cortez is on a nice little run right now. I think the UFC could really do something with her. And then you kind of just look at the rest of these flyweights... Macy Barber, big fight coming up against Caitlin Chukagian. I really like what I've seen from her. I sat cage side for that Amanda Hebus fight. She beat the hell out of Amanda Hebus. That was vicious. That was a vicious beating. So, And don't forget about Natty Ice, guys. Don't forget about Natty Ice. She's going to be somebody who's going to be a problem in this division as well. So uh, 125 has a lot of super fun fighters in the division, a lot of super fun fighters on the come up. It's going to be fun. It's going to be very, very fun to watch where this division goes. But big fight for Casey O'Neill Starts with her, and then we'll see what happens. But not, don't forget about Natty Ice in this conversation because I think they got something with her too. She's going to be tough to beat. Once she fights like a super-duper – I mean, and she fought – I was going to say, once she fights a super-duper grappler, see, but that's kind of what Jasmine Jastavisius is, So She – eat the hell out of jasmine in that fight so yeah 25 is fun it's the new staple division i think in terms of talent and what's you know depth it's kind of where bantamweight used to be a long time ago it's kind of where strawweight was a couple of years ago not saying strawweight took a huge step back uh but flyweight's the most interesting division right now for for the women in my opinion uh four quarter sports go ahead four corner sports okay uh hop out hop back hello
4: hello adi hi mike um i thought four corner sports was going to talk and explain uh,
1: yeah, it didn't go through. Th- but go ahead.
4: Oh, for Connor Sports, I think you need to explain yourself. Uh, Andre Mooney versus Anthony Smith, a compelling matchup. But, you know, you know I, <laughs> I think you need to explain yourself. They sort of they went on on you, bro. They went on you, A.K. and Mike Heck. But anyway, it's good to talk to you, Mike. Uh, how have you been?
1: <clears throat> good. What's on your mind?
4: Uh, yes. So,
1: so I...
4: I know we're we, we are all in UFC 296 Fight Week, but um, I would like to take you away from UFC 296 Fight Week because as we go further into the week, it's going to be impossible to do that. So I know that you haven't been enjoying AEW. You haven't been enjoying uh, what AEW has been doing. But Mike, what do you think of the Continental Classic, you know, the round-robin tournament? We know that PfL does its tournament thingy. And one thing about the tournament is they do market that we have all these fighters and all these exciting what if matches. But basically if a fighter loses a certain match, it's you know, it's not guaranteed that we'll get all the dream matches, you know what I mean? Let's say just for the heck of it, we had AJ McKee and Usman Nurmagomedov, um, you know, in the tournament, but they were not matched up together. They were matched up against other opponents. If either of them loses, the match goes out of the window for the tournament. But if it was this round-robin tournament, everyone would compete against each other. Do you think there is a way, uh, you know, this PFLator, or uh, however you'd like to call it, They can pull off something new with this um, tournament series. It would be really nice um, if they can do that, you know, because the way PFL and Bellator are right now, there's absolutely no intrigue whatsoever, right? So it's things like these uh, that can build up intrigue. They can definitely not uh, drum up intrigue from the fighters that they have then maybe at least change the format of your matchups. And for fuck's sake, get rid of the smart cage. Just call it a cage. What's the use of calling it a smart cage? I don't understand. Anyway, so that's there. That. And one of the submissions that I wanted to uh, give uh, to, on, uh, to on to the next one was Andre Muniz versus Rodolfo Vieira. I'm sorry if it's a duty pick, but I think you know we need to see this stylistic matchup of you know these these both grappling styles and um I also I think you and I had our little friends forever moment with Anthony Smith and uh, Dominic uh, Reyes win all lose. Uh that's a good thing. And yes that's more or less it Mike. Um have a nice pre Christmas. I guess I don't know, I wanted to say something but yeah.
1: Awesome. Thank you sir. Uh Yeah, they could do Viera versus Muniz down the road. I can't right now because Muniz has a fight booked uh, February 10th against Armin Petrosian. So, somewhat subdued there. So, the round So, BFL basically does. Like, look, it's impossible to do a round robin. Like, it's impossible. It would take forever. It would take forever. If you had all those fighters, like, go in and just kind of fight each other throughout like it would take forever so like they, they're kind of doing that this is not their format is not the same as like the Bellator Grand Prix the Bellator Grand Prix is like a legit tournament PFL you get two fights like you get two regular season fights and then the point system is kind of stupid it just PFL just makes a lot of mistakes down the line down the, down the line like just remember last year last year without knowledge in any way for the fighters involved in in the season they moved the the playoffs to to the UK so all the fighters who got visas to travel to the US could not go so they had to replace half the fights with different f- opponents because they couldn't get everybody over there like that's that's the ridiculous shit that they keep doing to themselves and i don't think they're going to change very much i don't think you you really can change much maybe you change the the point system like you can Someone could go. It's just weird that somebody could go two and zero, and then like still somehow not make the playoffs. It's super weird. It's very. It's super weird how that all works out. As far as the AEW thing goes, look, AEW is in a tough spot right now. This thing that they're doing is so, gosh, it's so friggin' confusing with the points and this and that, the two divisions and all this shit, like people who watch AEW probably like it cuz they're they love Japanese style tournaments of that nature. They like it. For me, I'm just like what is this? Like you just get you get good matches but like so what? There's no spin to it whatsoever. And then you have a guy like Mark Briscoe, after everything he's gone through just get run right out of the building every single time he wrestles. Like it's so stupid. AEW is just they they have money forever, so they're not going anywhere. But, man, that promotion in terms of, like, intrigue and getting new people to watch, it's it's in a tough place. It's in a tough place. And I'll tell you what, if I'm MJF right now, I am looking to get out of Dodge right now because he's the reason I watch the damn show, and I don't even want to watch him anymore because they overbook him. It's terrible. It's terrible. I had too many people waiting, buddy. I'm sorry. I can't bring you back in. Um, But I appreciate that. We could talk later in the week about it. But yeah, AEW's struggling. They're struggling. WWE's
5: killing them right now.
0: The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. Uh, Four-quarter sports, all guy. right Sorry about that. I had a phone call that
5: came in that messed everything up. But um, I wanted to talk about a couple of things. One, I wanted to correct my mistake. I was half asleep when I ended up um, DMing you. And I did mean to put Andre Muniz. I thought I had put in Anthony Smith because um, I was going to match him up with either Kennedy and Sanjuku because I know he came off of a loss against Dustin Jacoby. And um, just because I felt like Anthony Smith wasn't going to take the – the fighter that uh, Khalil Roundtree was was originally supposed to um, was supposed to face, but that was I originally had it um, Audrey Manis versus uh, Fluffy Hernandez because uh, I just felt that Ikram would just starch him because I feel like Ikram is to me this top three um, be- best uh, middleweight. So that was the whole thing behind it. Um, but I feel like there's a lot of questions that I have for this week coming up because this is the last card of the year i feel like we are going to get from the time from, from that time gap that we are going to have from december 17th up until the first uh, card of uh, january we are going to get i feel like Dana's is going to pop up some news as for at least a title fight that is going to happen at usc 300 i think he's just waiting for the outcome of leon versus kobe I do feel like a lot of the vibes are screaming that Colby Covington is going to win just because if he does come with a loss, you know, he'll be 0-3 in in, uh, title fights. And it's not going to look good um, for his career just because, you know, Dana has always praised him, especially that first Usman-Colby fight. And also, you know, many people had felt that Colby was, if there was no Usman in the welterweight division, that he would have easily have won. The, the title now, Usman is not in the division as a right now because he fought at middleweight. But, um, I do feel that you know, this is his time. If he can't get it done now, then he will never, you know, what's it called, have gold wrapped around his waist that's not an interim. But, um, yeah, I really do feel that, um, we, you know, what's it called, if Colby wins, won't be surprised if he headlines the UFC 300, you know, and you know, he is a prize fighter. I could see something along the lines of, you know, Kobe trying to, you know, fight somebody like of a Hamza Shamaya, you know, trying to headline. I know that Hamza, you know, struggles at, at, at points of making 170, but, you know, UFC is, is in the business of, you know, putting asses in seats and, and making the biggest fights possible. So I could see that happening, or I know people are going to, you know, get upset about it, but I could even see something of them scratching the Connor fight between Chandler and then having Kobe versus Connor, you know. And, you know, Connor chasing history, you know, becoming the first person to win three titles in, th- in three separate uh, divisions. So I'm very interested on in, uh, how this uh, fight week is, uh, is about to go about, because I feel like we're going to get a lot of questions uh, being answered. All right. Thanks, Mike.
1: Thanks, man. Yeah, I don't really have a vibes feel just yet uh, for playing. If I'm playing armchair psychologist, just like listening to their interviews and stuff. Leon looks way more confident than Colby does. And I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not saying like Colby isn't confident, but Leon, it's like the way Leon is talking, it's like he knows something that we don't. It's very weird. It's very strange. The last time I felt this way in a fight week, and I was dead wrong about this, uh, and I I certainly didn't pick this guy to win, but when I was covering what is it 273 is it whatever the Volkanovsky zombie Gilbert Burns Hamza fight was I think it was 273 in Jacksonville and the way that Korean zombies team was talking to me like all week when I saw them like just the confidence in them I was just like am I missing something like I must be missing something because there's always like you know, you, you talk to coaches and you talk to teammates and stuff about certain things. And you talk to managers that, that you talk to, like, usually in emails or texts or whatever. And you see them in person. You catch up and you start asking questions. And just – that was, like, the first time that I saw that. Where it's just like, wait till you see what happens. And, they, like, everybody across the board said that. And I was just like, I must be missing something. And, of course, the fight played out the way that it played out. And Volk pitched a perfect game, essentially. And Leon, just that—that's what I kind of gauge from Leon here. Like Leon sees something that we don't, so we'll see what happens. Colby Connor, like you—you you basically said, like, well, people aren't going to like this. I'm telling you right now, that's what Colby's going to call for. That's what he's going to call for. He's going to call for Connor, and he should. He should. Colby's a prize fighter. Colby's not a meritocratic fighter. Never ha- has it been that way in a long time. Colby wants big fights. Colby's getting up there in age. I don't think he has a lot of years left in the sport. I mean, he can go as long as he wants, but at the end of the day, he wants big fights. Bilal Muhammad does not interest him at all, I'm sure. Shavkat doesn't interest him at all, I'm sure. He wants big names. He would go for Connor. He would go for Poirier, because there's a story there. Hell, he could call for all to come out of retirement. You're telling me? that's not a gigantic fight, box office, I, as a fan, and as someone who watches the sport, am not interested in watching that fight at all. But from a storyline and a casual audience perspective, that fight would do bonkers numbers. It would. It would do huge numbers. So, yeah, Colby winning is far more weird than Leon winning, and I still don't know what's going to happen if Leon wins either. So the fallout of that fight is going to be super interesting. Clay, go ahead.
4: Hello, Mike. Uh, Good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, I'm not the hugest Leon fan out there, but I really like his chances against Colby this weekend. And I think uh, he's going to pull off uh, one of those greatest knockouts that we are going to see this weekend. And uh, he can get in a lot uh, of being staying in 170. I didn't like what he had to say about going to 185 and, you know, being a double champ. No one is interested in that, like literally no one. And there is a lot you can do. There is Bilal out there. There is uh, Ian out there. So what uh,
2: What do you say about this?
1: You're right. No one wants to see this. Uh, here's the thing. 185, especially with Sean Strickland as the champion, and everything that has happened, some of the contenders that are coming up right now, they don't need it. They don't need it at all. But they also didn't need Volt going up to 55. It just turned out that the timing was absolutely perfect for it. There's just no shortage of guys who are ready to go to fight for that belt right now. Strickland's fighting DDP. You got Izzy ready to come back. You got Costa. You got Shemayev. You got you got Whitaker who's in play right now as well, even though you know, he's had his opportunities. Whitaker's back in play, still very popular. Usman's at 185 now. Delize is real good. If he gets a big win, Cannoneer has a case right now. And then you got like the Ikram Alaskarovs of the world, the Kyle Baralios of the world, Brendan Allen's on a tear. There's no shortage of guys that could fight for belts right now. So there's no interest in this. None. Maybe he's just saying it to make headlines. Um, I think Leon also talked to our own Damon Martin. And I think he clarified things a little bit uh, in that conversation based saying like, Hey, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not saying that like, it's going to be next, but it's something that I'm going to do. And if that's the case, fine. You go in there. If Leon beats Colby and then he beats, I assume they would go with Bilal Muhammad. If, if Leon wins, but they could go with Shafqat If he just annihilates wonder boy, like that would not shock me. At this point, it would be kind of ridiculous considering what Bilal has done. But if he goes in there and he beats Bilal and then he beats Shafkot, then go for it. Like, I'm cool with that. It's four title defenses. Cool. Go for it. I mean, Gary could be there as well. That would be an interesting story depending on where he's at. So maybe beat Gary, then go to 185. Like, then I'm fine with it. Then I'm okay with it. But if he does just say, like, hey, Sean, DDP, my next fight's gonna be against one of you guys for the middleweight title. It would it's gonna go over like flatulence in church. That's just what it's gonna be. So hopefully that doesn't happen. And we'll see. If Leon, I'll tell you what, man. If Leon just goes out and just runs Colby, like just runs him out of the building, that will be really impressive. Because you it's so hard to do that to Colby. Who's done it? Like, even when Usman finished him in round five, like, that fight was super close. And the second fight, super close. I scored it for Usman, but it was super close. So there's, like, nobody runs Colby. It's really hard to... I know he he got submitted early. I think Worley Alves is the one who who stopped Colby early on his UFC run. He goes out there and just, like, knocks Colby out in the second round. That's going to be incredibly impressive to me. Incredibly impressive. But he's got a lot on the line, too. If he loses, boy, a lot of this goes away. A lot of this goes away. It's a really interesting fight. I can't wait for it. I can't wait to uh, to join D, uh, my man GC in, in the MMA Hour studio to watch... Live on the uh, watch party. It's gonna be super fun. Uh, we're gonna try to get Viking in here. Viking, go ahead. How are
6: you? Uh, Binil Darius is sort of old story, but uh, you know there was Binil There was a delay from Tesla. For the delivery of his uh, his car, and then he called out Elon Musk after his fight and sort of cut the promo. So, so as we are saying the title shot, he we are blaming Binil Darius for not calling out for a title shot. That's that's not right because he never he was not interested in that. If you if you if you are taking an example of that call when he when he asked Elon Musk to deliver its car, so that's it. And the other thing I want to tell everyone, all the listeners and speakers, that you no, know, if you are dealing with mental illness, please go to the doctor as early as you can because it's too dangerous. Do not fight it alone. Do not do not try try to fight it alone. Just seek a doctor or else it's gonna grow and, and it's going to grow faster than you think. So please if you're dealing with any sort of mental illness, you should go to the doctor as fast as you can or else it's gonna it's gonna Because I'm I was dealing with one disorder and now i'm dealing with multiple disorders because i was late i'm so please go to the doctor and seek the doctor tell him everything do not try to fight it alone thanks a lot brother
1: well said my man well said (sighs) the banil thing look i'm not i'm not blaming Beneal. like the things i say about banil's issues on the microphone Honestly, it's nothing to do with the Elon thing. I actually think of all the post-fight in-cage interviews he has ever had, that was the most intriguing one he's ever had, by far. It made headlines. It was funny. People were talking about it. I think Elon even responded to it in some way, shape, or form. Like, that was good. Like, it was topical. It was funny. Because, look, like, if we shout out Raphael Fazee for calling out you know, different kinds of people out of fun, then how can we shit on Benil for it? Like, it was, I thought it was good. The problem was Benil just continued to not call for it. He would do interviews and say, look, if I win, I should definitely get the title fight, which he was absolutely right about. But then he beats Matush Gamrod on the same card that the vacant, lightweight title is going to be put on the line, someone is going to win, And your answer was, I don't care. I'll fight 10 more guys. Like that, he was done after that. He was done after that. I remember reacting on the, because that was the first watch party we had ever done. And I was like, what? What are you doing? That's where Do The Thing was born. Do The Thing, that's where it was born, right then and there. Because Bilal kind of did the thing, but didn't really do the thing, because he was supposed to call it Hamzat, and he didn't say his name. And then Benil just said, nah, I don't care, I'll fight 10 more guys. The UFC's like, yeah, you will. Now you're going to. And then they, as soon as that happened, Islam was like, ooh, this is great. And as soon as he beat Charles, what did Habib do? He called out Alexander Volkanovsky who's in the crowd, and Benil's title hopes were gone. He had to go fight Charles Oliveira now. It is so imperative that you make that those moments count. I'm not saying as like a 35th ranked guy Like, you need to do that. But in those situations when you're, like, you probably have done enough to get a title fight, like, you have to be interesting. You have to make people want to talk about you. You can't be like, okay, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. Ah, man. You can't be that. You can't do that. Then it's just like, ah, Benel, you screwed yourself. Uh, His interview with Submission Radio that just popped up was really, really fascinating. So I highly recommend you go, go and check those check that out. Uh shout out to Submission Radio. Love those guys. But yeah, that interview was super interesting. So go check that out. You know, dealing with a guy who was so close to a title fight. Strategic move here. An interesting call out there. He probably gets it, but he never got it and now he's probably never going to get it. Sports just the swings of it is just, it's just freaking wild, man. Even uh I believe he even said in that conversation that uh he's He'd be down to fight Benoit Santanin next, which, sign me the hell up for that. I'm down for that. Like, Kyle Baraglio calling out DDP made no sense. Like, that call makes no sense. You know what I mean? You gotta be better. gotta be better. Realistic, yet interesting at the same time. That's the combination. That's what you need. Uh, Jacob, go ahead.
5: Hey, Mike. I just went on... uh couple of the sports betting sites and I was under the impression that Leon was going to be the, the underdog for his fight but uh I just saw Colby sitting at about plus 120 odds right now Dick think there's value on putting any money on Colby uh for the fight thank you and have a heck of a morning so let me just let me
1: take a gander real quick let me see what we're looking at because obviously with the watch party, I'm going to place some wagers. Right now, I'm looking at Colby. I'm trying to see like. So Colby at one point was a minus 190 favorite. I don't know if it. This was uh, this is in April. When the line first opened in April, after Dana was like, I don't give a shit what happens. He's fighting Colby next. Uh, It opened at minus 190 for Colby. Then it just kind of slowly went up, uh, got to minus 104 by May, and then it just kind of flatlined from there. And then in October, uh, Leon became the slight favorite, and then it kind of went down, got close to even money, and now Colby's a plus 124 dog according to DraftKings. If you're going to bet Colby, I kind of feel like you might as well just get all the juice you can out of it. Because let's be honest, like, I don't think Colby can, I don't think Colby's, if Colby wins, I'd be pretty surprised if he finishes Leon. I mean, it'd be pretty freaking wild if he does. So, I know that the props haven't dropped on DraftKings yet, but some are live. Uh, the ones that I'm looking at right now, Colby by decision is plus 250. So you're basically getting double your juice. And if Colby wins, probably going to win by decision. So, yeah, plus 250, might as well get the extra juice out of it, I think. And then Leon, what's Leon by decision? Leon by decision is plus 150. If you think Leon's going to for for the person who called earlier I think uh for Clay saying he's going to land a vicious knockout plus 380 for Edwards by KO or TKO at least on those lines so yeah I think there's value on Colby but if you're going to bet him and you think he's going to win a decision which I if I'm going to bet him that's probably the pick I'm doing is Colby by decision plus 250 but maybe I'll wait and see if the line gets juiced up a little bit maybe the press conference happens and Leon just does better than Colby. And, you know, sometimes the line moves after those types of things. So we'll see. We'll see. But I think there's value on Colby. I think this fight's closer than people think. A lot of people are just like, oh, Leon's going to kill him. I don't think so. I don't think so. The big question I have is can Colby get going quickly? Can he get takedowns? Can he win round one? If he can establish that base and get takedowns early, and turn this into a, not a slog, but a Colby-esque kind of a fight, he's got a real good chance. But if he waits till round three, like he did in the Usman rematch, to get cooking, it could be a long night for him. So I'm real interested to see what the first 10 minutes of this fight looks like, if it gets that far. But if Colby goes out and wins the first round, this fight gets real interesting. Really, really interesting. All right, we'll keep going. I see three people uh, who I haven't heard from yet, so I'm going to try to get to all of you. Let's try to do some rapid fire here. We'll start with Nicholas. Maybe he gets connected. He's had a tough time. We'll see if today's the, that today is the day. Thus far, it's uh, the Wheel of Doom. And looks like the Wheel of Doom will be continuing on. Uh, Eric, go ahead.
2: I think it's time for him to retire. And uh, I think Kobe and Leon is going to be a good fight. And Pantergia. And I think Orville is going to beat Pantergia. But I think Pantergia is going to win by decision. Thanks, guys.
1: Yeah, dude, Pantoja Royval is ridiculous. Nobody is talking about that fight. Nobody. The answer to the low-key banger is that fight. And it doesn't make any sense because it's the co-main event. But out of all the main card fights, Pantoja Royval 2 is being talked about the least by a mile. By a mile. No one talking about that fight. Nobody. And it's insane. That fight's going to be incredible. That's going to be the best fight on the card, I think. Doesn't have like the the storyline casual appeal to it like some of these other fights, but that fight is going to deliver. No matter how, if it goes three minutes or it goes twenty five minutes, that fight is going to deliver. It is going to deliver. If we get to a third round, and even with Royval fights, it may not even have to go that long. If we get to a third round in that one, that might get a fight of the year nomination. But no one's talking about it. It's going to be super fun. I'm very, very excited. Very excited. Uh, crypto Rapid Fire, what you got?
2: Okay, so... What's up, buddy? Good, how are you? Good. Yeah, so three quick questions, Mike. Uh, for the main card, which fighter will have the f- fastest finish? That's question number one. The second question is which fighter will have the most amount of significant strikes? Question number two. And the third and final question is which fighter will get the most amount of takedowns? So what I need from you, Mike, is to guess the fighter but also give me the specifics. So the number of significant strikes, number of takedowns, and for the fastest finish I need a round and time for that round. And uh, Please know, Mike, there are stakes attached to this. I won't disclose exactly what the stakes are. I will tell you on Friday. It might even spice up the watch party. Uh, But for now, know that there are stakes attached, in a positive way, of course. uh, And uh, I will keep you updated. You will get to know on Friday why I asked these three specific questions. Thank you, Mike.
1: Oh, my God. Um, Jeez, I got to actually, like, throw out numbers here? Let's see. Let me pull up the card real quick. Let me pull up the card real quick. So, fastest finish... Fastest finish, most significant strikes, most takedowns. Uh, Man, it's tough. That's really tough. Fastest finish. God, I don't, like, it's like none of these fights scream, like, ether. You know what I mean? Like, there's, like, there are some wide-line fights, but none of them scream out like, yeah, first-round finish. Boy, that's tough. I will say... Man. I will say fastest finish goes to Shafkat Rachmanov. Round two... Three minutes 45 seconds in round two. I don't know how he does it. But I think Wonder Boy's competitive. I think Rappanoff's like, all right, F this. I'm taking him down and tapping him. Uh that's I don't know if he submits him or he just grounded pounds, but that's my guess. But like, oh, it's so hard. Most significant strikes. I will say Colby Covington lands the most significant strikes. Now, that may not be, that may not mean he wins, but Colby puts up numbers in the striking department. And even if Leah, he out, even if he has quote unquote more significant strikes on UFC stats than Leon does, it doesn't mean that his shots are going to be more effective. You know, damage, damage, damage. So I will say Colby, because he has five rounds, I think it will go to the cards. I think Leon could probably have more impact with his striking, but I do think Colby's going to have to take this fight to the ground. And he's going to land significant strikes while it's on the ground as well. Uh, Most takedowns landed on the card will be... Bryce Mitchell with six against Josh Evans. He will be credited with six takedowns. Now he may not do much with them, but he will be credited with six takedowns. Top of my head, that's that's what I got. And I have zero confidence in either of these picks. None, zero. All right, Ani, I'll bring you in real quick. You got like fifteen seconds. Because we got to go. Do we have you? Are you there? No. Didn't connect. All right. Well, there you have it. Another edition of Heck of a Morning in the Books. Uh, Get excited, everybody. Uh, I believe our guy, Jose, is off to Las Vegas later on today. He will be there all week long. Media day tomorrow, there'll be multiple press conferences. There'll be the 296 presser on Thursday, which is going to be super weird. Probably uncomfortable at times, but maybe that's your jam. Uh, There's going to be a presser on Friday as well. The seasonal press conference. So you're going to have like Strickland and DDP and O'Malley and Cheeto, probably Volk and Teporia. I think Raquel Pennington, Myra Bonacilla may be there as well. I don't know. Uh, but it's going to be fun. That'll happen. Friday's weigh-in day. You know what that means. AK will be hosting the weigh-in show with Casey and Jose. We'll have the MMA Awards on Thursday. There's just a karate combat on Friday. Uh, I'm actually off to Orlando first thing tomorrow morning uh, for the Jake Paul fight. Look, I know. I see I, I hear you. I hear you, but I'm going. I'm in driving distance. I'm going. So I'm going to go check that out. Press conference for that is tomorrow. Weigh-ins on Thursday. Fight on Friday. And then I'm off to New York first thing Saturday morning for the watch party. And then we'll have tons of fun on Saturday. And then AK, my best friend, and I, one more matchmaking edition of On to the Next one uh, on Sunday for 2023. And we'll be live for that one. On the youtube channel not sure what time but it's gonna happen so we appreciate y'all very much back here sometime on thursday not sure when but we will make sure we get enough shows btl will let you know what's happening with that as well with so much going on this week but we will do that show in some way shape or form this week as well so thank you all very much have a great rest of your thursday and have a heck of a morning everybody